We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, the Wajak people of Perth region. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community and pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side and the truth. Come on girls, let's go shopping. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. What are you looking at? Don't look at a boy jumping me. You're mad, you bastard. Far am you. Far am you. Swear to Christ, Liz, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Wook Wook. Hello and welcome to The Last New Wave. I'm Andrew Pearce and this is a podcast that looks at the wide and varied landscape that is Australian cinema. On this episode, it's another episode where we're talking to the minds behind the film Zealous. Uh, here I'm talking to Joanne Bretchen, who directed it. And previously, of course, on the last episode you would have heard I interviewed Claire Harris, who wrote the script for Zealous. It is a film which is currently out and about in Australia. Uh, it's having screenings all over the shop. Um, Really, there's not much more I I need to say about this film other than go and see it if you can. Let's have a listen to the trailer and we'll be back with the interview with Joanne. Why didn't you just get rid of her? Break up with her? Yeah. Lump her off. It's not bad for an afterthought. (laughs) So you're not mad that I left? I'm happy you're back. Something happened in India. I'm so sorry. Everything alright on the home front? Did I even cross your mind? So how ridiculous can these questions be? I mean, can you say, have you ever eaten toast while looking at a dolphin? Who's your favourite dictator? Would you rather cheat or be cheated on? Why do you holiday? For adventure? escape your everyday life because you love coming home barnyard if you could just feel how little it means it... so i screw someone else and we all live happily ever after oh, this must be the shabbiest i've ever seen you i tried calling you last night how is charlie's wife Read it out loud. I should never have read it. You said it was the best night of your life. You brought him into my house. What you're doing isn't the same thing at all. Well, that's too bad. You told me to. Look at me. Come on, it's me. Do you still think about him? Because you're in my head every second. So I'm chatting with the director, Joanne Brechen, of the film Zelos, which is currently, well, today at least it's uh, having its debut around Australia in certain regards, and you're going around and doing Q&A sessions and stuff like that. So uh, congratulations on the film finally uh, sort of coming out and, and getting to audiences, which is pretty exciting for you, I can imagine. Um how has the whole process been for you as a as a director? Um, yeah, it's been an amazing process. I uh, learned a lot. <laughs> um, and I think it was it was the perfect first feature to cut my teeth on. And that's why I did take it on. It was really achievable. It was sort of 
low budget, but the script was really, um, it was like dynamic, but it was really achievable. So um, I think that was a really key thing to my first feature. Um, and then at the back end, teaming with Definition in post, it's been amazing working with some amazing post-production crew. And, um, and then, yeah, getting out to the world is always fun, spreading the word. <laughs> I can imagine. And you, yeah, obviously, you, time, you teamed up with uh, Claire to, you know, do this film and you met through Afters, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, so we met 2013 at Screenwriting Afters course. Yeah, with Alan Palmer, yeah. So how was that? I mean, I spoke to Claire yesterday and she showed me, she told me about her perspective of it. Um, but what was your perspective of going through Afters and, and how did you think it worked for you as a filmmaker? Oh, I um, I loved it. I thought, I mean, I think, I think when you're going to do any course uh, as a student, it's really important to sort of, know the teacher or I selected the course based on the teacher. Um, so I found Alan really, really wonderful to work with. And he He's all about story and structure and telling, you know, big stories with big part. And so for me, that just really resonated. So I adored working with Alan. And, um, and then, you know, everybody else in the class was really wonderful. It was a really great mix of people of ages, of walks of life. Some people in the industry, some had never met before, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, it was it was really really wonderful, and I think that I benefited most from um, was I think week one. It was you know you you would go home and write a two a three page two handed scene with some sort of brief, like it was a reversal scene or the reveal scene or something like that, and then you would bring it to class and you would have it read out by class members in the class, and you basically had to do this every single week, and so. Um, it got you really used to instant feedback in front of an audience and it got it really got you over any ego you had about sharing your work or perfectionism or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it was, it was hard. It was really hard at times, but um, I think that was a really wonderful thing in that, you know, it equipped you to take feedback and criticism really well, which was good. Yeah, which is, you know, it's, it's what you want from, from a course and it's what you want from a teacher. And certainly by the sounds of it, you know, obviously – a few years later, you've got a film coming out, which is exactly what you know, uh, exactly what you want from uh, having completed a great course as well. You know, you want to be able to have the great foundations to be able to do that. So it's fantastic to see that you've you've been able to pair up with somebody like Claire to uh, tell this story. And I guess in that regard, because you can you just run through us because I've I've done a bit of research myself. But for the listeners, I guess can you run through how you came to Claire and kind of went. All right, let's tell this story. What what was the process that went into going and creating Zelos? Yeah, well, I mean, it was kind of the opposite way around. It was Claire coming to me. I mean, we met through we met in class. Um, I think the very first day of class, Claire had almost flown back from Paris or something that the day before, and was in a daze. And we we had one conversation, and it wasn't great. I think we kind of walked away. Going, I don't think we're going to get on very well, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Um, we kind of kind of get, getting paired up in writing class and things like that, and uh, you know became friends obviously. Um, and Claire had been working on this project, and we so I had been from the start of that year and sort of watched it grow, and and was always kind of the first one that Claire would go to for feedback on scene delivery and structure and things like that. Um, and then I, it's we said we realized afterwards we made a pact the end of that year that we would make the script when she finished it that we would make the script within two years of finishing actors or a year I can't remember what it was but apparently we made some packs together 
Um, and then Claire, the, the course ended, Claire set off overseas. Um, I got on to like doing freelance and, and back into my work in the film industry. And then um, six months later, a year later, Claire came back to the country and had submitted the script for a script reading, reading at the Hub Studios um, and called me up two days beforehand and was like, hey, we need to be directed. Do you want to direct it? Just this reading. Um, so we cast it in about 24 hours, had this reading, um, it went really, really well and got great feedback from the, the live audience. And then, um, and then I think we went to a, um, a little filmmaker's forum, you know, as any camera will do. And um, we watched these interviews with some low-budget filmmakers who had sort of just finished their first feature. I think it was Megan Riakos and Heath Davies. Um, and at the end of the night, like, so we obviously got very inspired by them. And then by the end of the night, they had this big raffle and, you know, everybody had tickets and everybody was just getting DVDs and T-shirts. And then my number got called out at the very end and I won a 1000 bucks Lee Mack hire voucher. And we were like, okay, this is it. This is the omen. I'm putting this money towards it. It's our first 1000 budget. We're going to make Zella. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of it. So it was the reading together with, you know, that little omen of Lee Mack, which, you know, who were an amazing partner for us and, and gave us a lot more than $1,000 worth of hire. They were incredible. Um, and, yeah, so we sort of just, got to making it happen and then I think that was August and that would have been August 2015 and then we shot in January 2016 so basically from the very first day of pre-production and we still had a lot of editing to do on the script as well to wrapping on set was about six months wow that's that's pretty quick yeah. and it's uh it's a you know it's a good turnaround even though you know time is uh it, it it feels quite short I'd imagine from when you started to right now when it's actually debuting which um but you know there's a lot of uh things that go into making a film as you're saying there's editing there's script editing there's casting and all that kind of stuff um so in that regard yeah. how did you go about actually casting the film and and uh, was it a collaborative process between yourself and Claire, or was it kind of like you had people in mind, or or things like that? No, it was um, it was well, it was collaborative. I mean, obviously, I, I got some pictures as director, but um, we we both about um, you know, looking for people who would be um appropriate. Like I, we'd already you know, because I'd also spent so much time with the script, and I knew the inspiration for the characters. Um, so I think we both had quite an aligned idea of who would play them um, just because we'd both spent so much time with the content. And then, and because we did have an intense script editing period. So the script was originally 110 pages and um, I was quite ruthless and got it down to about 80. So, um, and sort of a lot of restructuring and things like that. And so then when we came to casting, you know, we, we really both kind of dived in and, and had a good look around. Um, and actually, the, oh, actually from the script reading, some of our cast who had been in the script reading, Ainsley and Lee, um, who had been there, we loved them as um, as Rebecca and Charlie. So we pulled them from the script reading and a couple of the other minor characters as well. And then so it was it was more a task of finding our Bernard and Sarah, finding our leads. So we we jumped and show a cast, and we wanted a redhead for the lead. We for us, Sarah was always a redhead. And we found Shannon Ashland, who had this glorious long red locks, and fell in love with her. Um, and then, um, so Claire and I would often, you know, our production offices were our bedrooms, and we 
were working at crazy o'clock. It was probably one o'clock in the morning or something. And we were on our computers, like dueling laptops, trying to reach out to cast and find who we wanted. And I added Shannon on Facebook and I pulled up a, a message. And you know, when you're casting or doing anything with film, you kind of have a bit of a blueprint email that you send out with the synopsis and a link. And then you just change names and reference films. So I've dropped this into a messenger and and messenger enter you know enter and it, instead of dropping you down the line it sends the message so i <laughs> i sent shannon ashland the very first was a you know template email addressed to ben morley with his reference film that i adored her in and you know how wonderful he was in this and that and i sent her this email entirely written for somebody else um, and then followed up with, you know, uh, my sincerest apologies. And I understand if she never wants to talk to me again, and I apologize and we'll leave her alone. And she was so wonderful. I got a message from her the very next day um, saying that she had done something similar years ago when she was making a film. And she promised that if ever it happened to her, she would be good enough to pass, like, pay forward the favor that she got and be really gracious and, and you know, contact that person. So she got in touch and we laughed a lot over that with the initial meeting. And then, yeah, we got on so, so well. And she was just so perfect. She was blonde by that stage, um, but we didn't care. So Sarah became blonde and we got Shannon as the lead, um, who's so magnificent. Cannot rave, rave highly enough about Shannon. And then it was through watching some of her short film films that she had been in that we saw that she'd been teamed with Ben in a short film called The Woodcutter, I think. Um and so then we reached out to Ben because they had a lot of on-screen on chemistry. They worked really well together. And Ben really fit our profile of what we thought, you know, what we had in our minds for Bernard. So, um, yeah, so Shannon was kind of the key to to casting, really. It was once we got her on board and then we found Ben. Yeah. It all yeah. kind of snowballs from there, doesn't it, in, in some regards? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So the theme of the film is quite interesting and, you know, I was watching the trailer again last night. I've, I've, you know, I've got the the film to watch this weekend, and we'll be doing a review this weekend. I'm really keen to watch it. Um, but you know, in the realm of Australian cinema, in some regards, we don't really have that many relationship films or relationship dramas that deal with yeah. you know going about living a relationship and the difficulties of a relationship. So. Was that something that drew you to the story, and was it something that you were like, "This is something that we don't get to see too often"? I'm I'm really keen on telling this story. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think um, you know it fits really well in that indie genre. I guess we see it more done in the in the US. Um, there are there those kind of simple relationship journeys, or you know, they're not quite rom coms, but they're love stories. Um, and you know, often love stories flipped on their head. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously love a lot of those films. And so, um, yeah, I was really attracted. I guess I was really attracted to the fact that I'm I'm an Australian filmmaker who doesn't necessarily dark grim films. Um, and I, you know, I want to, I mean, and, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a rom-com, it's not a comedy, but it's, um, it's a film just about real people and it's about love and relationships. So for me, yeah, they, those are the things that really resonate that, yeah, I hadn't seen a lot of in Australian cinema. Um, you know, without relationships going to this big dark place of, you know, <laughs> murder and, <laughs> you know, horror and things like that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a genre that I definitely was um, interested in. 
For you as a director, because as you're saying, you, you did screenwriting course at Afters. Um, did you do directing courses as well? Or was your path always to be a director? Or was you, you know, kind of open to all kinds of aspects of filmmaking? Yeah, definitely open. So I... Uh, I think I've always been a writer from a young age. So, um, and then making some of my early short films, I was taught myself before I even went from school, I was making films. Got a grant through Metro Screen with Spoonie South Wales and just, you know, kind of kept making films and back to actors to really perfect my storytelling. Um, Directing was always about learning it on set, like learning by doing. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to directing. Okay. Yeah, it everything. So I, I am a writer. I was also a producer, with you know, often the three go hand in hand. But I do do all three separately as well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you kind of have to be a little bit of a multi. Wear a lot of hats in the film industry. Well, I guess in in the Australian film industry, because it is a it is a small industry, and, and you know, as you can attest, like it's the the hard yards that you have to go through to get your films made um, means that you do have to wear all those kinds of different hats. Um, so, in that regard, like after, what did you go into the film expecting, and what did you learn after you made the film as well? I think, um, I think I. In- Fully would be chaos <laughs> because, like, low budget filmmaking always is. And I've made so many short films where, um, you know, had huge crews and so many locations and kids and animals and all of this chaos. So I was definitely prepared for chaos. Um, and I think that then we, you know, I was really, really selective about our team. Um, and I really, um, like we, we had a very, very small team and we kept it really intimate because I thought that would be a way of minimizing chaos because sometimes it's worse to have more people running about. Um, and really just picking people for temperament, um, you know, people who were willing to pitch in and play three roles, but also um, people who had a really calm, you know, team player temperament because, you know, working and living together for 20 days straight it's a huge step up from, you know, a three or four day short film. So um, people who I thought, you know, we could really work together long term and keep it all together. So I think that was, that was a huge plus. And that did work really well. I know um, a few times a new, a new cast member would walk onto set or somebody would come on in and be like, is this, is this really a film? Like it's quiet and it's calm and nobody's running around like crazy. And I think I made a, a decision early on to really set that, tone on set so that it wasn't chaos like just complete chaos for 20 days um so that was really wonderful and I think um things that I learned like um I think I would say one one suggestion I would make to filmmakers especially stepping up from short film to feature is um I think there's a temptation to not want to um well, I guess when you're working with actors and crew but I'm going to say more cast um, really spend time in pre-production and rehearsals, not just working the content, but really getting to know each other. Um, my ideal hint would be go and get drunk together so that you actually know who each other are. Um, because when you go on set, it is stressful and, you know, um, you're under a lot of time pressure when you're making low-budget films. So um, I guess really learning each other's 
buttons and flaws and uh, strengths and weaknesses so that you can kind of become a tighter knit team on set because you need those relationships to, to get through that. Yeah. Well, definitely. And I imagine if you're, if you're already working on a film that, that is dealing with um, difficult emotions and, and, you know, relationship issues as well, you've really got to make sure that the off-screen stuff is, is on point and works uh, wonderfully to make sure that the on-screen stuff works even better as well, um, which has got to be difficult. But uh, I take my hat off, off to you guys for being able to do it. It's, it's impressive. Um, so in this regard, now that the film is is out there and it's uh, going to be seen by audience and stuff like that. Um, what's your, what's your mindset for the next six months? How do you, you know, heading through this, these screening processes and doing Q and A's and stuff like that. What's your, how are you feeling essentially at the moment uh, to get deep and meaningful? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if my answer is not deep and meaningful at all, I'm feeling, I, this is, I think I've really, I think I knew this with my short films, but I think I've really realized I'm, for me, the most enjoyable part is the filmmaking itself. Like that's the process that I love most. And um, for me, the um, the everybody can watch my film and self spruiking and talking about it um, is sort of it's very enjoyable and it's fun. But I just sort of can't wait to get back in and make the next one. That's where my focus is. <laughs> so um, and I've actually already got the next one lined up. So. Um, I mean, it's it's really great. It's great to get to travel around, and, and it's wonderful to see people's reactions to the film. I think, um, even from our test audiences, it's been really clear that it, our film divides people. Not not in a, a bad way, but it's interesting watching a couple come into our film and and leave talking about you know um, cheating and affairs and what their boundaries are and this and that. So I think it's really, really wonderful to, when we have discussions after the film, um, to see people's opinions. So I think the Q and A's are really great where we, we actually get, I think that's where we get our most feedback from audiences is where we get to hear what they think. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I think, you know, I've watched the film countless times now. Um, but every time I still find that I, I learn something new and it still moves me emotionally and, Every time, it's funny how I almost realize this other layer to it that I didn't know before or, you know, something kind of um, shows itself that I didn't even see before. So I, I quite enjoy it. Like I keep um, learning from it and enjoying it every time I see it. Well, I think yeah. that's that's the good thing about a, a great film is that, you know, if it encourages discussions, especially discussions in relationships and stuff like that, um, then it's you know it's it's doing its job, which is the main thing, and and that's what I'm really excited about watching the film for because I know that you know years and years ago when my wife and I first got married, we watched um, Sarah Polly's film Take This Waltz, which is it also deals with infidelity, and I remember we had a, a bunch of heated discussions about that film. So uh, I'm really interested to see what discussions we have uh, after we watch uh, Zealous because, um, you know, it certainly uh, certainly raises a whole bunch of different uh, things and themes that are prevalent in, in all different kinds of society. So that's it's what I'm excited about to, to watch the film. So that's, uh, uh, you know, a positive, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, it's always really funny. I think the big question that comes out is, you know, and we've been asked, you know, are you Team Sarah or are you Team Bernard? Like, you know, are you the one that could and then say or you know be um I guess free enough to say you know it's fine our you know our relationship is strong and not stronger enough to cope with this or you know infidelity isn't all defining you know or are you camp Bernard where you know 
he's really straight down the line. So I guess that's one of the biggest things our audiences seem to, to discuss afterwards, like which camp you fall into. Well, I think I think that's the thing is that, you know, through film we're able to discuss some things that maybe in relationships we're not so comfortable in bringing up ourselves and, and having a film uh, raise those kinds of subjects is is great because it gives that avenue to be like, all right, we wouldn't usually talk about this, but now we have characters and, and other people that we can reference and, and kind of not role play in, but, uh, you know, see ourselves in their shoes and, and understand things from their situation. So, um, you know, hats yeah. off to you for that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thanks. No, well, I think, you know, hopefully, I think it always helps, you know, watching on screen people fuck up their lives. Hopefully it helps us not do that in real life. Well, that's it. Yeah, we, we'll say, uh, you know, we wouldn't do that in that situation and, and stuff like that. We always like to think the better of ourselves and, and hopefully uh, we can learn from, from others' mistakes. Um, pivoting for a second, one, uh, one of the things about your film is that you've, you know, you've got a, a pretty uh, predominantly female uh, crew working on it, which is great to see. Um, one, going into your next film, how do you think, because I know that um, with this particular film, unfortunately, you weren't able to uh, utilise the Screen Australia's Gender Matters um, plan, which has come up, essentially. Uh, how do you think that you might be able to utilise that heading into your, your next uh, film production? And would you like to sort of uh, continue with the same template as well that you went on with this film? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think it was a... It wasn't like a conscious we set out to have an all-female crew. It just kind of, as we kept attaching people, it was just looking that way. And, and we we had a good mix in there. We had um, mm. some men in there, and it wasn't, you know, a strictly female. But, yeah, it was predominant. But for me, I think that was that still comes back to it was picking people on temperament and the real tone that I wanted to see on set. Um, but, yeah, I think it's not, it's not a decision that I um, consciously set out to do for the next one. Um, I mean, I already have teamed with two other female filmmakers for my next one, so maybe it's in my subconscious that this happens. Um, but I think, um, you know, I think it is really great working with other women. I think it's also wonderful working with men. Um, but it is it is great when you can have that relationship. I think it's, yeah, it worked really well on Zello. So, yeah, I think that it's looking to be the structure of my next one. Um, and... I think, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm, I, I, it's not a conscious thing that I set out to do, but it seems to be, yeah, going that way again. Yeah, and I mean, I, I always feel a bit, when I ask these questions as well, it's, a, it's always a bit like, because uh, I don't ask the men these questions, and that's probably really frustrating as, as being women filmmakers that you, you guys are constantly asked, so what's it like, you know, oh, I see that you're working with a predominantly female crew, and, and hopefully, you know, we get to a point where, those questions don't matter. It do, you know, they don't have to be asked. So, um, you know, through yeah. films like your own. No. Yeah. Hopefully I haven't bothered I, you with that. <laughs> no, I don't know. And I, I'm really, I love that you raised that because I think for me, um, that's why it isn't such a big thing for me. Like I would, I would rather people judge the film just based on the film rather than, it, oh, it's a film made by women. So, you know, we'll give it extra credit points or we'll, you know, we'll, you know, I would rather it just be judged as a film regardless of who's made it. So, um, and I, you know, I hope with that for all of my work. So, yeah, as I said, like, it's not necessarily a conscious thing. And I don't I don't want to set out to have an all-female team just so that we get extra funding or special privileges or anything like that, that. Because I think, again, it should just be the work speaking for itself. So, um, yeah, that's my plan, making the work speak for itself. 
Yeah, and and it certainly looks like it. Um, so before I lead into my last question as well, is there is there anything that you want to say about the film that I haven't asked or anybody else hasn't asked you about the film? Ooh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm glad you didn't ask if I'm Camp Bernard or Camp Sarah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean... There are, there's nothing else, um, I guess I, I should say, come see our film, come watch it, um, and see, you know, which camp you fall into. Um, but, no, I, mean, I, think, I think that's about it. Sure. No worries. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So the last question which I ask everybody, um, is there an Australian film that you recommend people seek out that, that either inspires you or that you enjoy or that you just think is really good? Yeah, I mean... Well, I haven't I haven't seen Frisky yet, which I know is is ring release at the same time, um, which I think was made for about five thousand dollars. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, and yeah, but I, I can't comment because I haven't seen it just yet. And um, I guess you know, in in the doco space, like an Aussie film that's really in, I've adored in the last few years is, is Mountain by Jen Peterman and Joe McGowan. Um, and and the doco before that is Sherpa, which was incredible. So um, I guess that's, yeah, that's Docker space. But for me, yeah, Sherpa was a really, really powerful film and, and a really great demonstration of taking you know, Aussie Docker to that next step. It's, it's so high-end and, and such an incredible story. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with it. I, it was my third favourite film of that year and I thought it was mm. absolutely fantastic and I can't wait to see Mountain, which I think hits Australian cinemas in like the next two weeks or so. Um, and I'm yeah. itching to see it. I actually just saw a live performance at, um, at with the Australian Orchestra, Chamber Orchestra, uh, a few weeks ago, and it was amazing. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll come and see the cinemas as well for the difference, but it was it was really wonderful to see it with a live orchestra. Oh, yeah, lucky thing. Because I know that it was made with that in mind to, to have the, the music behind it and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, of course, they can't put a live orchestra in every single screening, but um, I can imagine that would feel pretty pretty intense and pretty amazing uh with the the imagery that yeah. jennifer Peedham creates there so um i yeah, agree with definitely. you there <laughs> <laughs> no well hopefully you enjoy it yes yeah and look i'm really looking forward to to watching your film as well it's going to be you know i know that it's going to be really good um so with that in mind, look, thank you so much, Joanne. I really appreciate your time. And I know that you're probably going to be, once you've done all these Q&As and everything, and, and I'll make sure to put a link up on uh, our website and on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff for people uh, to head along to go and see the film too. Um, but I'm sure that you'll have a much uh, well-deserved uh, sleep and rest uh, before you head into your next film after the end of all of this. <laughs> Yeah, no, wonderful. And thank you so much for your time. It's, yeah, thanks for helping get the word out there. No worries. So that was Joanne the director of the film Zealous, which is out in Australian cinemas at the moment. And as mentioned, uh, she's out doing Q&A sessions for the film right now. Head over to the website for more information. Uh, certainly try and seek it out if you can. It's really important to head along and support these independent films. Uh, you know, certainly any any support they get is really fantastic, and talking about them and sharing them on social media is even more important as well. So that's Zealous. Now to us, all the plugging and stuff like that, head over to abfilmreview.com for previous episodes of The Last New Wave, as well as episodes of our other show, which is AB Film Review. Follow us on social media, AB Film Review, on both Facebook and on Twitter. 
Um, you can also send us an email at abfilmreview at gmail.com if you have any questions uh, or suggestions or anything like that. Maybe a films that you want us to uh, discuss on the show it would be fantastic. Also, you can head along to followingfilms.com where you can listen to other other shows uh, that are on that particular network. In particular, there's two new shows which I highly recommend listening to. Uh, one is called The Grand Gesture, which hosts Michael Denniston and David Hart, uh, both who have been previous guests on this particular show, um, discuss you know things about the grand gestures in in life, whether it be romances or in a recent episode they discussed mud which is really interesting um, to head along and listen to that. That's followingfilms.com. And there is also another show called Projecting Film as well, where Michael Dennison, the guy who uh, can't stop working, uh, also does stuff with uh, Chris Maynard, who is the host of Following Films podcast as well. So it's all one big happy family over there. A um, couple of other things as well, and then I will wrap up head over to iTunes or as they call it now Apple Podcasts leave us a review it just helps people uh, see that the show exists and, and gets it into people's ears and if you want to go that extra step you can always go to patreon.com forward slash AB film review and support us on there as well every little bit helps us out look that's it from me I'm Andrew Pierce. this has been The Last New Wave keep on watching Australian cinema